listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God, have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would, have, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you for so long a time, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me or else believe because of the works themselves. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do greater ones than these, because I am going to the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Good afternoon and welcome. Bienvenidos a todos. No tengo un mensaje especial. Tendremos en Santa Misa en Español aquí, tercer domingo de cada mes. So, mayo 21 y junio, julio, agosto. Uh, la Santa Misa en Español será a uh, dos de la tarde. Okay, ¿Todo bien? En el Evangelio hoy, nuestro Señor Jesús dice, yo soy un, ¿cómo se dice? Camino, el camino, el camino. See, sí. sí, I don't even know Spanish, but you can help me, okay. La, verd la verdad y la vida. La vida. Solamente Dios es la, la vida. Porque nuestro Señor Jesús es Dios. Muy bien. Okay, I just summarized the homily in Spanish. It's much longer in English. We're going to have Mass in Spanish on the third Sunday of every month at 2 in the afternoon, starting here in May, May 21st. So please tell everybody and, and invite them. And um, today Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. My friends, here we go. We have such an interesting experience recently. The church, as she developed her liturgical calendar, in many ways we are reliving the life of Jesus. Jesus, who was reliving the life of God's people. So for 40 days, he was in the desert praying and fasting. 
And so for 40 days, the church was praying and fasting for the season of Lent, getting ready for the death and resurrection, getting ready for Easter. And after Easter, there was a 40-day period, very interesting, very special, a 40-day period after Easter when the risen Jesus was appearing to the church, to the disciples, laying down the foundation for what we would see coming in, in uh, Acts of the Apostles, instructing them, teaching them. Um, and right now, we are in that 40-day period after Easter. That's what we're in, this 40 days where we're seeing the resurrection of Jesus and we're heading towards the ascension when Jesus ascended back to the right hand of the Father. And then there was a nine-day period of prayer on the ninth day, the Holy Spirit comes on Pentecost on the church. So we're reliving that right now. And I was thinking of this because today's gospel feels like Jesus is giving us a commentary on his ascension. He, it feels like he's, he's explaining to us what's about to happen. I am getting ready to go back to the house of God the Father, and I am preparing a place for you. And then I will come back to get you and bring you with me so that where I am, you also may be. And here is uh, a little interesting interpretation of this passage. Um, what I'm about to tell you is probably going to blow your mind if you've never heard this before. If you have heard it, just act surprised, okay? <laughs> so here's what's very interesting. It seems like this passage, which gives us a in a commentary on the ascension. How do we understand the ascension? What Jesus is saying and doing here has a deep relationship with the Jewish practice of weddings and marriage. There are all these details of the, their culture, first century Judaism, and some things that they were doing when they had a marriage, which is a little different than how we do it now, which is why I'm going to explain it to you. And it seems like that this motif of the marriage, the wedding, is the thing that explains what's happening here. Um, so in the times of Jesus, there was a multiple-step process. In the beginning, the father of the groom and the father of the bride would make an arrange. It was an arranged marriage. And then the groom would be sent, and there would be a ceremony by which they would be betrothed. They would be engaged. And at that moment, there is this paying of a dowry and a, a covenantal agreement to provide for the bride as they establish a new family. They didn't live together yet. Then the groom would go back to the house of his father, to the family house, and for up to a year, he would be building an extra room or two, preparing a place. And then when that period was over, he would come back and get the bride. And there would be a whole big, beautiful seven-day ceremony, what we would be similar to what we consider a marriage, a wedding. There would be um, him coming. They, they wouldn't know when he was coming. You remember the parable of the bride with her, the ten virgins and the lamps and waiting for the arrival of the groom. And um, there would be a sort of a baptism. They would have this ritual where they go into a mikvah bath for ritual purification. There would be a sharing of a chalice of wine together as symbolic of their, their marriage, the, the groom would finally come. He would arrive and it would be a time of tremendous joy and there would be a big party for seven days and then he would bring her back to the, the house that he'd been preparing. So evidently, 
This is exactly what Jesus is talking about. This is the culmination of a theme that had been developed in the Bible, which is so profound that God would be the groom and the people would be the bride, the church, and that God would be proposing a marriage covenant relationship with the church. And so this breaks open so many things in the the life of our Lord Jesus. When St. Paul would talk about Jesus on the cross, he would say that Jesus on the cross was like the groom laying down his life for the church, his bride, and he paid the price for our salvation. And you, you ask the question, Jesus paid the price with his life, with his blood. Who's he paying the price to? Like, it's the dowry. It's the marriage tradition of that time, the paying of a dowry for the bride. This is the metaphor that explains what's happening. St. John the Baptist, the, the friend of the groom, Jesus the groom, the church the bride. The first miracle that Jesus does is at a wedding when he takes the water into wine miraculously. And then at the Last Supper, the wedding supper of the Lamb, when we will drink the chalice of the wine turned into his blood, this covenant that we're renewing that um, is marital and nuptial. It's just something really amazing. So I want to share with you a, a prayer experience I had with this concept to help us to understand a little better, well, what does this mean for us? So I have a question for you. How many of you have ever had like um, what you may call like a movie night at home with your family? I don't know if you, you pull up Amazon Prime or Netflix or something, and you're like, okay, we're gonna have a movie night. And then there's this conversation, well, what are we gonna watch? And you see, there's all these different categories of movies, right? We call genres, different types of movies, different types of stories that we tell. So there's comedy, there's drama, there's action adventure, there's murder mystery, there's romance. You know, and you say, man, I'm kind of feeling down lately. Let's watch a comedy. <laughs> you know, I want to be cheered up. Then you take an hour scrolling through all the comedy movies to finally pick something, right? So I think many of us have had this experience, and I got kind of praying about this idea, the different types of stories that we tell. And I think that's important because these different types of stories are each an authentic expression of our humanity. You know, that in this life, we have situations and moments where it feels like a comedy. Am I right? <laughs> yes, you know, you just have to laugh. Certainly there's moments when it feels like a drama. Maybe sometimes it feels like a horror movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> things that happen. But all of these different things are, again, authentic expressions of our humanity. And I want to propose that the story of salvation history, the story of our Lord Jesus, fulfills all of these different types of stories. You think of the, the death of Jesus on the cross, it's a murder mystery. You think of the drama of salvation. You think of um, so many different things. But here, here's where it gets a little shocking. Out of all the different types of stories that help us to understand our lives as humans, the story that sum, summarizes the whole thing the best is a romance. It's a romance. And as I was praying with that, I thought, how often do we think of our relationship with God, our faith journey here, as a romance? But my friends, that's exactly what it is. 
the God who loves us, the God who is love, created us in love, and he comes to save us in love. And he begins the gospel here by saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. And then he gives us a message so that our hearts won't be troubled. Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Only God could say that. Only God could say, I am the way. Not a way, like there's all these different ways, and choose whichever one you like. That's not what he's saying. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Only God could say that. And Jesus is God, and that's what helps us to not have troubled hearts, because as God, he is proposing to us the type of relationship that God is offering us. It's not a relationship of the creator to the creature. If it was that, that would have been fine, because that's actually the reality, that we as creatures, we who are finite beings, and yet, what does Philip say? Show us the Father? That's a request to see God. How is it that we who are finite creatures have an infinite desire? And he's not just inviting us to be creator to creature. He's inviting us to romantic spousal love, that God is the groom, the church is the bride, and that's collectively, but it's true also for each individual believer. He's inviting us to a relationship between a lover and a beloved. This is the inner fabric of reality. This is what's been revealed. This is the thing that makes sense of everything we go through. And it's amazing that he wants to have that sort of relationship with us. You know, there's this prayer that the church prays when you're praying at the bedside of somebody who's dying. And in those prayers, it's the prayer of vigil, the bride who's awaiting the arrival of the groom. It's so incredibly meaningful and powerful. Certainly at the end of time, when Jesus returns in glory and we have the general resurrection of the dead, there will be the wedding supper of the Lamb, but also at the death of each individual person, there's something of this reality expressed the arrival of the groom to take the bride back home to the house of the father, to the place where he's been preparing. This is what it meant, the assumption he leaves to go prepare a place for us so that he can come back to get us, like the groom comes back for the bride to take her home. Uh, this is just amazing. This is just beautiful. Um, how profound this mystery of our faith, this invitation this relationship with God that is nuptial and spousal. Those of you who have the vocation to marriage, the sacrament of marriage, you model this reality for us in a very special way. And that's why the devil has such a hatred for marriage as God intended it. And those of us who have the vocation not to get married in celibacy, we model this mystery in a very special way because Jesus said that marriage is just for this earth. In heaven, we will all be married to God. And for those who have the vocation to celibacy, we model that marriage even now. And so there is a mystery at work amongst us, my friends, a mystery of tremendous love and an invitation to a relationship that is a little shocking. It's a romance. 
We are loved by God, tremendously loved, and he invites us to love him in return. Let us pray for that grace as we prepare to celebrate Pentecost, once again the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that we may be filled with the grace of his love and that we may tell the world. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans mm-hmm.